This episode of Legit Podcast Pro is brought to you by Easy Legal for Podcasters, the fast, easy, do-it-yourself way to get the business and legal affairs for your podcast under control, in order, and legit so you can play the bigger podcasting game to win. Visit easylegalforpodcasters.com. Why you should register your show title as a trademark, even if it's very descriptive and wouldn't be entitled to full trademark protection. This is Legit Podcast Pro. Hello and welcome to Legit Podcast Pro. I am Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and this podcast is for you if you are serious about podcasting. Whether in your business or as a career or as a sideline, this is your number one resource where you'll find tips and strategies and advice from me and my guests on how to protect and grow and profit from your podcast. So let's just jump right in and get started with today's topic. Now, you know that I am a strong advocate for registering your podcast title as a trademark. So you've got a podcast, you've chosen a title, and you want to protect it so that other folks can't come along and create other podcasts with the same or similar titles and then, you know, cause confusion with listeners and advertisers and the whole marketplace. But full registration of trademarks is only available if your title is distinctive. Distinctiveness falls on this spectrum that starts at one end with generic and highly descriptive brands and crosses the line into distinctiveness with marks that are suggestive or fanciful or coined terms, terms like Xerox that have no other meaning other than the brand. So if your chosen title is merely descriptive of the goods and or the services that you're providing, that's the podcast, then it probably will not be allowed to be registered on the main principal register of the trademark office at least not at first. But there is another registry. It's called the supplemental register. You see, when an applicant files a new trademark application, that application, if it's ultimately approved and issued, it it, it goes on what's called the principal register. And sometimes the examiner, though, will look at things and conclude that the mark is primarily merely descriptive or it's geographically descriptive or maybe that it's misdescriptive and then they'll refuse the registration on those grounds and it won't be allowed to register on the principal register. Then the applicant has a chance to respond with legal arguments. Sometimes you can show that the mark has acquired some distinctiveness. <coughs> Essentially, we'd be arguing that It's achieved this acquired secondary meaning, and therefore it's entitled to remain on the principal register. But if that argument fails, or if it just isn't supported by any evidence, well, in in those kinds of cases, the examiner might recommend or the applicant can choose to voluntarily amend the application to what's called the supplemental register. So what's the difference between these two registers? Well, the principal register is thought to be stronger as it provides lots of advantages and presumptions, while the supplemental doesn't. The first is this presumption of validity. On the principal register, you have a presumption that your trademark is valid and uh, completely enforceable. And if if you're on the supplemental, you don't have that presumption. The litigant, and, and if you ever had to sue, would then have to prove that the val- the trademark is valid 
uh, beyond just showing a certificate of registration. There's also a presumption of ownership on the principal register, and that provides constructive notice so as to eliminate any kind of claim of good faith. And the mark uh, in a supplemental register, you don't get that presumption of ownership. You have to prove everything every step of the way. Now, another advantage of the principal register is, of course, that the mark could eventually become incontestable by filing certain affidavits after a certain number of years. That is not possible for supplemental registrations because there's just not a legal record to do that. Next up, uh, an advantage of the principal register is that you can record the trademark and the registration with the U.S. Customs Services, and then you can prevent the importation of counterfeit goods uh, and and so on. In um, in supplemental registrations, that is not the case. The uh, uh, the Customs Service can't help you quite the same way. Now, another advantage that we see for Principal registrations is that you can then use that principal registration as the evidence in your filing on what's called the Madrid Protocol international applications that are based on your principal register trademark. That is not available for uh, applicants, uh, registrants on the supplemental register. And you can initially file an, an application for the principal register on the on the intent to use basis that you're not actually in use yet. And then you get some extra time to file uh, proof of your use and so on. Supplemental register, you don't get to do that either. So with all of these differences and the disadvantages, why would anybody bother with the supplemental register? Well, it's really a question of compared to not having any registration at all because you're being denied the principal register on the basis of this descriptiveness. So there are a few benefits to being on the supplemental register. First, it allows you to sue for trademark infringement and to bring that case in the federal courts, just as you would with a, with a principal registered mark. Although you don't get those presumptions, you can still prove your case. Also, third parties won't be able to register any confusingly similar trademark on either the principal or the supplemental register when yours is there already on the supplemental register. It'll hold up those registrations and uh, and uh, uh, prevent that, that from happening. You also have uh, a supplemental trademark registration. You can still use the Circle R notice, and it's a really good idea. You should do that. And once the trademark has been registered on the supplemental register for five consecutive years, the registrant can reapply for the principal register and establish that acquired distinctiveness, that secondary meaning, on the basis of that amount of time. So if you've got a strong title for your show, even if it's a very descriptive title, it probably does make sense to apply for registration, even if you can't get it onto the principal register. Being registered on the supplemental register can provide some very valuable protections. So this is just one of the kinds of things I'm going to be talking about in a lot more depth on my upcoming uh, workshop, Business and Legal Fundamentals for Podcast Growth and Profit. I'm going to be going over some of the common mistakes that podcasters makes that can lead to various kinds of trouble. And I'm going to talk about the solutions, the tools, the templates, and more, and where to find them that can help you avoid those kinds of problems and protect yourself. So I hope you will join me. You can come on over to event.podcastlaw.net to register and, uh, uh, and join me for my next upcoming workshop. 
And, uh, and that's it. So that's going to be it for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. I'm Gordon Firemark. Thank you for being with me. And I will be back again in about a week. See you really soon. And until then, keep on podcasting. Get your message out there. Make your impact. And do some good in the world. Have a great day. Thank you.